Morning Liberty. Well, hello there, everybody. You know it's going to be a fun day when we've got a tweet lined up from Bernie Sanders. Thank you. We're so excited right now. Thank you for listening to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and over there is... Charlie. You know, I was going to do the intro this time, and I went to do it, and you just stole my thunder. I I cut you off. But technically, if you would have started talking, then you would have stolen my thunder. So if you're going to have thunder, then how am I going to have it? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with silver. I know. I know. Hey, guys, subscribe to the podcast. We surely would appreciate it. Tell your friends about it. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button, and you're going to get every new episode sent directly to your phone. That helps us out more than you even know. So we have got to talk about this this idea being pushed by Bernie Sanders right now. And I asked you, I was like, what are we talking about today? And earlier, I said this earlier, you know, because obviously I prepare. (laughs) And uh, I looked at the the notes you had started putting together, and I was just like, "Oh God, here we go again." <laughs> what's What's uh, funny is um, today, this morning, I was like, "Man, I don't know what to talk about. I don't really know what's going on today." And and my default at that point in time is to go to Twitter and click on Bernie Sanders, and I knew exactly what we were going to talk about within like five seconds. The light bulb so, went off. Yeah, it's always really easy. So. So, Bernie Sanders pushing this well, idea. Hey, before we get started, though, yeah. I want to kind of give everybody an update. Okay. Because pretty soon, this is coming. You guys need to pay attention. Pretty soon, we're going to start live streaming this thing. We are. At, yeah. an, at a time TBD. And I was thinking about that as I'm trying to eat a snack, record. I just got off a phone call, <laughs> and I'm wearing a, a sweatshirt. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, we need to... Uh, we need to be a little bit more presentable. That's going to be really cameras. It's going to be really tough. I'm going to have to start like work, like putting clothes on before I come over to I your know. house every day, and I'm not excited about that. But I am pumped about doing a live stream video every single day. So you guys, maybe uh, you know the next couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, we'll see uh, when we get everything together. The it tough, takes a while. The tough part is it, what Charlie does for a living, and what I'm also starting to do for a living has him on the phone. About seven hours a day at, at different times throughout the day. It's a lot of phone calls. Yeah, and he's not a telemarketer or anything like that. Like that's not what it is. He is, he is every single day trying to find ways for healthcare companies to more efficiently take your money. And that's <laughs> <laughs> so do a. Um, we run a a healthcare. Uh, revenue cycle automation service, a, a software development service here out of the house called Paradexo, working in the healthcare industry every single day. And it's a very, very inefficient system. There are so many rules, regulations, all kinds of different ways that you have to go about trying to get your money. One of the main things is that anytime you say that something happened and then you submit it to an insurance company, uh, pretty much they just automatically deny it. And then the hospital has to go through like a six-month process of trying to get the money from the insurance company. Or longer. Yeah. So now that's not an argument for government health care. Right. That's, that's not the argument that I'm making. What I would argue for is a more competitive market for healthcare. That way it wasn't so easy for the insurance companies because they're just ran by people just like the government is, just like every other business is. And they're going to try to do anything they can to take in as much money as possible and pay out the least amount that they can. And they're not having to compete with anyone. All of their competition has been completely shut down by regulation. So, And it's so difficult it's so difficult that there are softwares that exist 
for healthcare companies and actually on the payer side now that help manage uh, the claims uh, more efficiently. And it's yep. an ongoing process of making that software increasingly better because there's always, do you know, I'm just give, I'm just going to give the listeners one tidbit of information. Did you know, tell me what other industry this exists that if you send out a claim, like you send out an invoice to be paid, right? And if you don't respond within a certain amount of time, the person who's supposed to pay you for that invoice, you don't respond to their inquiry. Say it's like 60 days or 90 days. They can just say, bah, we don't owe you the money anymore. Guess we don't owe you any money. That's okay. called untimely filing, really? by the way. Really? Yeah, if you don't file your invoice within a certain period of time, that's something called untimely filing, you and think, you just lose that money. Do you think that that's across all insurance industries, or uh, you know, do you think like when when a body shop files the claim for paying for fixing your bumper, uh, that this same process happens between Geico and the body shop that they just deny everything that they can? All the time, you know. I actually, I can't say for certainty because I'm not an expert in that industry. But I, my inkling would be no. Yeah, because I don't know of any other industry where you can just decide not to pay for something that you owe. Well, because I mean, on one street you could have 50 body shops, and you have a choice between like 15 or 20 different car insurance companies. So there is a whole lot more competition than that mm -hmm. market. So someone who just goes around denying every single claim, well. Number one thing's going to happen is the body shop's going to say, oh, well, we're not going to do any work if it's through that insurance company anymore. Right. And so then the customers would be like, well, I, I can't use this insurance company because my favorite body shop won't even let me pay with that. So I'll just go to a different insurance company. Well, that is not something that you can do in the healthcare market at, at all. No, you used to be able to. Yeah, used to be able to a long time ago. Not, not anymore. There were a lot of doctors that wouldn't accept Medicare or Medicaid. Yeah. Um, this is not what we were going to talk about. No, it's today. not. But I just wanted yeah. to give people a little bit of information. And, you know, that that industry, the, the healthcare industry specifically, the reason why untimely filing exists, what I explained earlier, uh, that precedent was set by Medicare. And so Medicare said, hey, if you don't respond to this inquiry within a certain amount of time for money that we owe you for services that you provided, um, then it's just untimely filing. And I we're, we're not going to pay it. And so the rest of the insurance companies are like, we'll do that too. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Medicare does set the standard for pretty much everything that goes along in the in the healthcare industry. I would say you could trace back about 90% of the problems in our healthcare industry to Medicare. Around 90%, mm -hmm. I would say, including really high costs for everything, especially including really high costs for everything. So uh, there's so just there's a, a healthcare problem. Yes, there is. It's too expensive, but government's not the answer. No, in fact, that's the wrong answer. No, go, and it's not just a little bit wrong either. In the words of Jordan Peterson, it's a lot wrong. <laughs> I saw, it's I way saw, wrong. Actually, speaking on the healthcare thing, I saw Bernie post. Uh, yeah, it was this morning. There was a report saying that there's about nine hundred billion dollars worth of waste in the healthcare industry every single year. Probably more than that. It's probably more than that. And he posted, "But how are we going to pay for Medicare for all?" You know, just being sarcastic, uh, basically saying that the 
that Medicare for all and the government completely taking over this will eliminate all of the waste in the industry. <laughs> Somehow. So my response was, yeah, that that's definitely what the government is known for, is getting involved in something and having no waste. So there's uh, no waste, fraud, and abuse. Yeah, not, not at all. Just let the government take care yeah. of it. They don't waste anything, ever. We say all that to say, back to the live stream here, we yeah. said all that to say <laughs> that we are going to be as consistent as we possibly can on the live stream because that's important. Um, it's probably going to occur over lunchtime, central time. So somewhere between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. You'll see that notification pop up on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all the mediums, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. You'll be able to see us live. You get to see what we look like. Don't worry. We sound awesome, but we're also devilishly handsome. Yeah, as well. our voices just do not do us justice <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, don't worry, you guys get to see what we look like, and uh, we've had you know quite a few requests to do this live thing, so pretty pretty excited about it. Yeah, and uh, we're just getting set up for everything. So we're also going to pick up some of the trash out of this room when we do that. There's only a few pieces. <laughs> it's you act like the, our studio's a pig. Style. It looks like we've been shotgunning Coke Zeros when you look around Charlie's <laughs> place here. It's just no, it's about a week's worth of accumulation of Coke Zero cans all yeah. over the place. That's so, better than other things. Remember like, that movie you know? Signs where the little girl had left like all, glasses of water and they were just kind of all over the house, just all over the place because she switched glasses of water all the time. No. Well, in that movie, she wouldn't drink water if it had like dust in it or whatever. Big part of the movie. So uh, basically, if you know that, what I'm talking about, that's what Charlie's house looks like, only in Coke Zero cans. So just to give you a nice image there's right no, there. Uh, there's no sugar. No, no, there's no sugar in it. Just, uh, I don't know, Splenda, I guess. Yeah. So It only causes Alzheimer's. It's no big deal. So, uh, so Bernie Sanders, BS for short. He's out there talking yesterday. I guess this was last night sometime. This story came out, and this is from the Washington Post. And this is, for the first time in history, U.S. billionaires paid a lower tax rate than the working class. And this is, and this is the story. So in 2018, they've done all the numbers here. The actual tax rate, the effective tax rate for the 400 richest families in the U.S., was around 23%. That was their effective tax rate. Now, if you're in the bottom 50%, your effective tax rate was 24%. So actually paying 1% higher, I'm not going to say paying, you actually had a 1% higher tax rate than the rich did. So we kind of have to break this down because that is... Uh, this is this actually is a claim that's yeah, being this made. is a claim. This is actually one of the biggest and easiest lies to debunk in Bernie Lies history. And I'm actually if it were if it's possible, if it's any more possible, I'm actually disappointed in the Washington Post for even acting like this is a real thing because you can spend a couple minutes uh, researching this and see that it's it's simply not true. Mm -hmm. it, it involves a lot of in fact, the article even even the article has a piece of it that's like this is very misleading. Even the article that they posted uh, debunked the claim itself. Of course, it was in like the last two paragraphs of the article. They they said this Harvard economist says that this isn't right, and here's why. Um, so we have to kind of dissect this and figure out because there's a lot of uh, really tricky word usage in this. Bernie Sanders is really good at saying things in a way that. You can't directly say that he's lying, 
but the message behind what he's saying is clearly a lie. Um, so it is true that the effective tax rate, the tax rate charged to those income brackets, was 1% higher for the bottom 50% of people than it was for the top 400 families in the country. It is true that that is the case. But if you dig into the numbers just a little bit deeper, you will remember uh, people in the bottom 50%, a lot of them are able to get something called the earned income tax credit. Among other tax credits. Among all other kinds of government benefits that there are. So w- well, when we, you actually look at the numbers, you'll see that this this whole this whole message is a complete lie. So we've never done this before, and I just thought of it just now because I'm that spontaneous, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, as we break this down for people, I think what I think what would be a good idea, and you can let me know right on air because we don't edit these; we just push them out. You can let me know if this is a dumb idea, but I think it's a really good idea. I'm going to pretend like I'm a listener. And I think the way to break this down is is to ask questions about this study. And so my first question that I think everybody would have, and one that I have, is why is this being compared to four hundred to the four hundred wealthiest families? Yes. So uh, this is something I actually asked. Well, you do you earlier. want to, actually? Do you want to read the tweet first? Sure. Sure. Then, From Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is Bernie's tweet. Donald Trump, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett pay a lower tax rate than someone making $7.25 an hour. Let that sink in. In the Sanders administration, that ends. We will tax extreme wealth and make the rich pay their fair share. And he was quoting a tweet from David, is it Leinert? Yeah, I think so. David Leinert, I'm guessing a journalist for the Washington Post, a supposed journalist who kind of broke this story. (laughs) Uh, He quoted a tweet that said, last year, for the first time on record, the 400 wealthiest Americans paid a lower total tax rate than any other income group. And he links to an article here that gives you the Washington Post, New York Times, a bunch of people had it, obviously. So my first question is, is in this data, why are they comparing all the income groups to the 400 wealthiest Americans. Where does that 400 come from? Well, I think you told me that this comes from the Forbes 400 list that they actually track the incomes basically of the top 400 wealthiest people. Uh, So this is from a Forbes list. That's why they're using 400. That's a very specific number. As soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, well, why not a thousand? Probably because if you expanded it out to the top thousand, then it the rate wouldn't make their case anymore. Uh, so they, they had to get this down to the to the perfect number possible to make it sound uh, exactly how they wanted it to sound. So yeah, they're using the Forbes 400 list, uh, which has already got the data on what those people are making. And the issue here is, I mean, even reading his, he says, uh, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, they pay a lower tax rate than someone making seven twenty five an hour. It's, it's very specific wordage in here lower tax rate. Okay, so so that is true. It is a lower tax rate effective at the end of the year. The thing is, what they actually end up paying, what they really pay, their net their net income to the government, net payment to the government is not anywhere close to these percentages that we're talking about right now. So we have to ask what's the what's the message that Bernie Sanders is trying to get across here? You know, what do you think it is? 
Oh, the wealthy pay less taxes than everyone else. Everyone else pays all the taxes. Yeah, that they're they're paying all the taxes. The wealthy aren't paying their fair share. He says that uh, right there, and that mm-hmm. they're not paying their fair share. Um, the the working class people are actually shouldering the tax burden, while the wealthy are getting away with murder. Basically, is is what they would equate everything to. Right. So that's the overall message: is that the wealthy are paying less percentage taxes than the poor. But when we look at the actual numbers, here's here's what you actually see. Right. Yeah. My next question, so as you start yeah. to break this down, is how did they even come up with these percentages? You know, what's the what's the data supporting this the percentages? Well, so at the end of the year, what you would see is what was your effective tax rate for the year? And there's a lot of different taxes. There's gonna be Well, because your- I thought like the rich had like forty five percent or something like that and you know of all the wealth or, or all the no, 45% uh, tax rate, like their taxes were taxed yeah. at 45%. Yeah. So it's a 38, 39%, something like that is the top tax bracket now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yes, if you make over $350,000 per year, your tax rate is 38%. So how did they pay 23%? Well, that's because there's other taxes other than income taxes. There's also the capital gains tax, which is the tax if you make money from your investments. And then there's payroll taxes, and then there's there's all kinds of other taxes that we end up paying. So your effective tax rate is the combination of all of those different things at the end of the year. And I think what most people don't know is in the progressive tax system, that 39% rate is only on the money earned after $350,000. Yes. Yeah. So if I, I earn you know, $350,000 and each stage of that income is in a different bracket that gets a different percentage taken out of it. But if I make $350,001, then I pay 39% on that $1. Yeah. And you pay pay something like 30% on the $250,000 to $350,000. You pay 30% on that. And then you pay something like 25% on your $150,000 to $250,000. It's a very, very complicated and stupid tax system just ridiculous yeah real dumb real well and they do all this on purpose so they can come out with headlines like this yeah (laughs) exactly that's what that's why all this exists but the reason by the way the the way that they're able to get this tax rate down their effective tax rate at the end of the year is because the rich most of them you know they're not just making wages at a company they're not just getting paid salaries jeff bezos's salary is eighty thousand dollars a year right so that that's Warren Buffett's salary is one dollar. Yeah, yeah, he takes a dollar salary. <laughs> so so yes, uh, at the end of the year, if he has one dollar in income, and then he has a million dollars in capital gains, well, he pays his tax rate, which is going to be like fifteen percent on his one dollar income, and like then 10, I think, and then he's going to pay fifteen percent on his capital gains, which is actually where all of his his income came from. So the way that this effective tax rate is able to be so so much lower is because actually the wealthy, the people in the top 1%, over half of their earnings every single year come from capital gains. It's, it's like 52% comes from capital gains. So that that is taxed at a lower rate. Now, the people in the bottom percentage, it's like 0.5% of their earnings or less 
come from capital gains, and then the rest of it is all from wages. So they pay the actual income tax rate, whereas the people in the top 1% pay the income tax rate on their really low salary, and then the rest of their earnings come from capital gains, which is taxed at 15. Or bonuses. That's yes. why you see all these CEOs, like, I mean, some of them, their salaries are like a million dollars a year. Yeah. But they get their compensation package all comes in bonuses or stock options because that's capital gains and it's taxed at a lower rate. Now, why, why would a rich person ever want to do this? Uh, well, um, probably to get away from taxes. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> say it again. Yeah. I would say that they're going to do anything they can to get out of paying taxes. Just like when people anything. say, oh, well, in the in the fifties, when America was booming, the income tax rate was 90% for the wealthiest people. You know who paid that? No one. Yeah. So no one paid ninety percent ever. I, I mentioned or seventy percent or sixty or fifty. Hell, probably not even close to forty. They paid uh, the effective tax rate um, when the top tax bracket was ninety-one percent. Their effective tax rate was forty-two percent. That's what they ended up paying, even though the top tax bracket was ninety-one percent. They still paid half of that. So it's all it's just hogwash. Which is actually funny because right now the top tax bracket is 38% and they're paying over half of that in effective tax rates now. So technically, as a proportion of the total tax rate, they're paying higher right now than they were when the tax rate was up at 91%. Right. <laughs> Man, so but, you know, we need our taxes to go up. And here's it proves another point as we continue to dissect this. It proves another point that the rich people just aren't stupid. No, they're, no, they're not. It doesn't matter what you push for, raise their taxes, whatever. They're going to avoid it at all costs, just like you do, by the way. Every single person that I know of does every single thing they can to pay as little taxes as they possibly can, or in fact, to get as high a refund as you possibly can. There are several people I know that don't make hardly any money, yet they still get money back from the government, even more than what they actually paid in. And so everyone does every single thing they can to pay the fewest amount of taxes to Uncle Sam that they can. The rich people are no different. They're just a lot better at it. There are people in the town that I'm from that literally sell their children so other people can have them on their taxes and can get more money back. That is an actual thing. And they split it. And then they split the money. <laughs> yeah, they take like percentage points on their kids, basically. Yeah. So. I guess the question would be, what do the bottom 50% end up paying? Because I, th I, if I'm listening to Bernie Sanders and I'm reading the headline of this Washington Post article in the first paragraph of it, then from what I can tell, the people in the, the bottom 50% are paying 24% of their income in taxes, right? I yeah. mean, that, that's got to be the case. So if you make $10,000 a year, you're paying $2,400 in taxes. Yeah. Well... I think that most of you know this, but when you're making ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, you get almost all of your money back when you do your tax returns, if not more than what you paid in taxes. Especially if you have kids. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is what the article left out, and someone pointed out at the end of the article. Yes, throughout the year, you were taxed throughout the year at 24%. But then at the end of the year, when you did your income taxes, you received all of that money back, meaning that eventually, when it was all said and done, the bottom 50% of people actually paid 3.3% on average 
of their income in taxes. 3.3. Hmm. That number seems lower. Now, it's a little bit lower than 24%. Yeah. I don't think that this Washington Post article would have really gotten their point across if they would have used that number. Right. So what they do is they talk about, this is what people pay all year. You know, you're, you're getting your paycheck, taxes are coming out of it. Well, they're taking that 24%, what you're losing all year. But then they forget. I don't think they forgot. They chose to omit the fact that most of those people got all of that money back and ended up paying no taxes. Actually, if you make less than 15000 I think your effective tax rate was something like negative 10%. You got more money back. Than what you actually paid in? Yeah, if you paid, uh, if you made between uh, ten and twenty thousand, I think it was negative four percent. So you got more money back. And if it's like twenty to thirty thousand, you ended up paying like four percent, something like that. So they left that out, and it's so they can make this point, like we mentioned earlier. They wanted to make this point that, like Bernie Sanders is saying, the wealthy are not paying their fair share. They're actually paying a lower tax rate than you are. Hey. You know those taxes coming out of your check all week? Well, you're paying a higher tax rate than Jeff Bezos is. And they want you to have this mentality. And one of the one of the reasons they want you to have this mentality is they want you to be okay with raising the taxes on the rich because then you could pay for everything. And one of the things they're going to talk about is raising the capital gains tax. That's something that all of the Democrats want to do. Some of them want to raise the capital gains tax up to like 70% every single year. Now, what's a rule about taxes? What what, do you, what would you say, Charlie? What you tax... You get less of. You get less of. Everyone knows that. You want to have less people buying cigarettes? Put like 100% tax on cigarettes like there is right now, okay? It's people a, still buy them. <laughs> if, you make, if you make something more expensive, if you add more expenses to it, then there's going to be less demand for it. There will be less of it. So... If the rule is... Or you open up a black market. Yes, you can do that. Yeah. Start selling cigs on the street. Yep. Just make your own at home. They, start selling them. Well, they did that in New York, by the way. I know. New York's up to like $20 a pack. And so, <laughs> whereas in Tennessee, I think they're still around five or six bucks a pack. And so they actually have like, on cigarettes, they have like these state tax stamps on them. And if you're caught selling like Tennessee cigarettes in New York, then you go, you get in trouble. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's illegal. You're in the same country. It's, it's super illegal to do. It's, it's yeah. absolutely insane. Um, so the, the thing is here, when we're talking about what the two different groups pay. Did you, did you tell everybody what the name of this was, though? Which one? The name of their study. Oh, no, I didn't see the name like of the study. It's like a book length. It's called The Triumph of Injustice. Oh, I see it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's The uh, Triumph of of injustice. Oh, you know, we'll do. Just so we'll, you know, we're going to have to institute a just society. That's a plan. Gonna, yeah, we got to introduce that plan. Yeah, we, we talked in- about that yesterday, by the way. <laughs> so if you guys, we're all about justice here. So go listen to our our talk on AOC's justice plan that we did yesterday. Let us know what you think. So we talked about the rule: what you tax, you get less of. So you would have to answer this question: Do you want less investment in our country? Is that what you want? Do you want less investment? Well, I would say that the answer is probably no. So if your answer is no, I do not want less investing to happen, then you should not want to raise the tax on investing because it's already hard enough to invest and make money as it is. There's no reason to add this expense if you do happen to make money. 
um, actually talked about in our article, Trump has actually talked about a really good plan for capital gains, pulled it right out of basic economics by Thomas Sowell. That's number one time to mention that. Um, he pulled it right out. Uh, Trump has mentioned um, changing the capital gains tax rate to take inflation into account, which is exactly what should be done. Well, what should be done is it should just be gotten rid of completely. The second thing, most most important thing, would be that you at least take inflation to account because if you invest $100 and at the end of the year, your account is at $103, well, then it looks like you made $3. It looks like you made 3%. Now, the government's going to take that $3 and they're going to tax it at a capital gains rate of 15%. Here's the problem. What if over that course of the year, we had 3% inflation. Well, that would actually mean that at the end of the year, your $103 is actually worth what the $100 was a year ago, meaning that you did not actually make any money. You have more dollars, but you technically did not gain any value whatsoever. So Trump wants to take that inflation into account because here's something that happens with investment right now. Right now, if you made that $3 and then the government taxed it, tax that 15% of that $3 that you made. Well, they're going to tax 45 cents out of that, something like that. I don't know. Uh, They're going to tax 45 cents out of it. And then um, you're going to actually only have a profit of $2.55. Well, the problem is if there was a 3% inflation, then you technically did not come out with any profit at the end of the year. You actually lost the 45 cents because you you didn't gain any value, actually lost value. So Trump actually has a good idea on this, which is that um, capital gains taxes should take the rate of inflation into account, that 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 should be counted in your capital gains. That way we know whether or not it was a real increase in value. So that's kind of a side side tangent right there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely something. I mean, but, you know, it's not high enough. No, no, they have to raise that for sure. So... On the on the Washington Post article, I wanted to go over a little bit of this because uh, I do want to say that that this analysis um, differs from the article here. The analysis differs from many other published estimates of tax burdens by encompassing the totality of taxes Americans pay, not just federal income taxes, but also corporate taxes, as well as taxes paid at the state and local levels. It also includes the burden of about $250 billion of what... Saz and Zuckman, the economist who did this, call, quote, indirect taxes, unquote, such as licenses for motor vehicles and businesses. So at least we have them admitting that there's indirect taxes that Americans pay that we shouldn't have to pay either. So to make the numbers sound worse, they added in all of those things exactly. that they would normally ignore if we were talking about your tax burden. Right. But they needed to add in as much tax burden for the lower 50% as they possibly could. Right, exactly. To, to write this article. So so it goes on, uh, you know, a, a few things. They say that this has been happening over time. But then, of course, they say the tempting point came in 2017 with the passage of, passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that Trump and uh, Congress got through, which lower, lowered the corporate tax rate and all of that. And so they said that that clearly it was Trump's fault. But I want to get to an important point here, because even in the article at the very bottom, of course, so you have to be an avid reader 
uh, to get all the way down there. I think about 0.01% of people <laughs> actually read all the way down. Well, that's why we're going to read it for him. Actually, the person who posted this where you saw the article admitted to He's, not reading the article before they shared it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. They literally said that. Yes. Yeah. And so if you read on down, it says... Not all economists accept Saz and Zuckman's analysis. It is based in part on their previous work, along with French economist Thomas Piketty, on the distribution of wealth and income in American society. Other economists have generated estimates of that distribution that show smaller disparities between the nation's haves and have-nots. Clearly, they're separating you there, the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Saz and Zuckman and uh, Piketty have defended their research and maintain that their methods are the most accurate. Well, of course they do. That's, that's They believe it. Of course. Right? But on the question of tax burden, Jason Furman, who's an economics professor at Harvard, he also chaired the White House Council of Economic Advisors under President Barack Obama. This is not some conservative schmuck, by the way. Yeah. He's an economics professor from Harvard, which is one of the most respected institutions uh, for universities out there, even though universities are what they are, leave it be. Um, Harvard's still like the top school in all of the world. And he also was the chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors under President Barack Obama, not Bush or Trump or Reagan or anybody else, Obama. He noted that Saz and Zuckman did not include refundable tax credits such as the earned income tax credit, in their analysis. The credit, which is intended to encourage low-income families to work, is part of the tax code, Furman said. A person who paid $1,000 in federal income taxes and then received a $1,500 credit would have a total federal tax burden of negative $500. But Furman said that under Saz and Zuckman's analysis, that person would instead show a burden of $0. Now, why did they do that? Instead of showing the actual numbers of a negative $500 tax burden, which means a credit, and negative numbers matter, if any of you guys have done anything outside of just standard arithmetic, you start to get into negative numbers when you hit about the sixth grade, I think, maybe fifth grade. Yeah, probably. Maybe earlier. I don't remember exactly. Depends on what school you're at. But why would they go ahead and round up all the credits, all the negative numbers, all the way up to zero? Uh, Because obviously it helps their results. Yeah. And it's complete fabrication of the data. And that's why, you know, we had to be clear at the beginning of this. What is the idea behind this? The idea they're trying to get across is that you pay or the bottom 50 percent. I don't know where you guys are. You guys might be in the top 50 percent. Is that the people in the bottom 50 percent pay a higher tax rate than the people in the top 0.1 percent? That is a flat out lie because they clearly left out the earned income tax credit and every other thing that you have. So if the idea is that you're contributing a higher tax rate, a higher tax percentage, why would you not want to include what what your actual at the end of the year, did you take money from the government more than you paid in or did you actually pay in more than you took? Because that and that's the part that actually matters right here. And they did not want to take into consideration the fact that a lot of people in the bottom percentage are actually receiving money back at the end of the year, more money than they pay them in taxes. They're not paying 24%. On average, the bottom 50% are at 3.3% 
average tax rate is what they end up paying and it's 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 infuriating that they would that this kind of a story you know they've perfected the art of saying something that is not exactly a lie technically you can look at all the things that they said and say okay well i see you know if you know they're talking about this and you know they're talking about that well you know they're not technically lying they've perfected the art of saying a sentence that is a complete lie, but saying it in a way where it could be fact-checked true if that's the outcome you were looking for. Right, based on the data that they decided to present. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, the the one thing that he said, so, so these economists countered uh, the Harvard economists' analysis, and he said that if you start counting some transfers as negative taxes, it is not clear where to stop. Do you treat the earned income tax credit as a negative tax? What about better veterans benefits or Medicaid defense spending? There's no clear line and the results become arbitrary. The results are already arbitrary. Yeah. Based on your own analysis because you decided arbitrarily <laughs> you decided to round up negative to zero, which makes it completely different from what it actually is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how can you that's not even a counter argument charlie you're just white mansplaining this whole thing and you just obviously don't get it because you grew up wealthy and <laughs> you don't understand the burdens of the bottom 50 percent whatsoever yeah. and so you obviously can't you don't have any room to talk on this we issue. clearly had the nicest trailer on the lot you did. You know, I actually, <laughs> I can say my mom and I were proud of the fact that we did have the nicest trailer in the trailer park that we were in. We did used to say that, we're like, yeah. you know, our trailer looks a lot nicer than everyone else's trailer. It's cleaner. Yeah. We yeah. cleaned it. We would like kind of, you know, we didn't have a pressure washer. We would get a water hose and a scrub brush and some mean green and go out there and scrub because trailers, they get kind of nasty real quick, especially if they're metal like mine was, uh, they'll, they'll kind of start growing all this green nasty stuff on the side and it's amazing that you couldn't even afford mean green i know yeah. i know so you're obviously wealthy I, that obviously <laughs> name brand degreaser exactly is what we use to clean our trailer i want to know even let's just hypothetically say that the tax burden let's go with burden because what they actually pay what if it was inverted and the bottom 50 yeah. percent paid 20 percent, and the top one percent paid 10 percent now you tell me, just simple math, if you're making 50 grand a year and you have to pay 20% in that of taxes, that means 10 grand is going towards taxes. And we're just going to do this the flat rate. So 20% of 50 grand a year, you're paying 10 grand in taxes. Now somebody making a million dollars a year and they pay a 10% rate, so it's inverted, they're paying a less a lesser rate than you are. That 10% of a million is a hundred thousand dollars. They still paid $90,000 more in taxes than you did. Yeah. And and even if it is inverted and you would be able to write a story that said that the people making 50,000 paid twice as much of a tax rate than the people who were making a million, uh, without taking into account the fact that the people making a million paid $90,000 more in that year than they, the people that were making 50000 They literally paid twice your salary just in taxes. Now, yeah. <laughs> now we have, You're making fifty grand a year. They paid a hundred. Now, we do have this, this example already because you know, when we're talking about the, 
the rich paying their fair share. I know you guys have heard this a bunch of times, but what share of the total taxes do the rich pay? Well, you can dig that kind of information up all over the place. The people in the top 1%, they contribute, they, they account for about 38% of the total amount of money that comes in. Now, that's actually in the 0.1%. The total 1% is about 55% of the total net income tax burden is what they cover. So of the income taxes that come in, 55% of it come from the people who are in the 1% of people so that's who about make money. Three and a half trillion dollars that's, yeah. that's been fleeced from the American people. So could I be like a Bernie Sanders and say... It's terrible that in 2019, America, the the greatest nation in the world, that 1% of the people pay 55% of the taxes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's bad. That's not, that's not a good, that's not a good thing. <clears throat> right. You know, uh, so if you were to take the top 50% of earners versus the bottom 50% of earners, the top 50% of earners pay 97.2% of the total income tax. 972 the bottom 50% pay 2.8% of the money that comes in in income taxes. So and that's actual money paid in. Actual money at the end of the day, actual receipts to the government, what they're clearing, 97% is coming from the top 50, about 3% is coming from the bottom 50. Yeah, we're only... supposed to believe that the bottom 50 are paying the same rate as, as everyone else. <laughs> that's the story here. It's just ludicrous. And it... Yeah. You know, this whole thing of, like, the rich should pay their fair share. I think they're paying way more than their fair share, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, I 97%. That's a that's a lot of share that's of the a, taxes. That's that, almost all of it. Last time I checked, that was a share. Pretty pretty yeah. sure. Now, the one last thing here, because I know Charlie's got to gotta go. We, we've been doing this kind of later every day, because, like, like we said at the beginning of the program, Charlie's got phone calls all day. Uh, one of the most efficient things in the world companies do these days is keep their people on the phone for seven hours and allow them one or two hours to work. Right. But uh, anyway, um, at the end of the day, you know, what's his ask here? What's his assertion that he's making? Well, we have all these government programs. We need Medicare for all. We need paid family leave. We need uh, more Social Security. We need more everything. We need the Green New Deal. We need all this. And all we have to do to get that is raise the taxes on the 1%. That's all we got to do. These people, they're not paying their fair share. And if we just tax them enough, then we'll be able to do everything that we want to do. That's that's the underlying assertion that he's trying to get people. And we know, we see people have that mentality. They think anything that you want to name, whether it's free college or free health care, anything, that all we got to do is just ra- you know raise the income tax a little bit more on the top 1% and we'll be able to have money to pay for it, right? You right. Know? So I wanted to know whether or not this was true. This is actually a hard number to get, but I did finally get the number. Do you know the total amount of money that the top 1% earn? The total amount that they earn? I, I do not. And this is gross. This is not even net. $1.6 trillion. That's the total amount of money that there is available to tax is $1.6 trillion. So if your assertion is that to have that all... That includes wealth, <clears throat> like the stocks, ownership, and all that. That's all their entire earnings. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I was actually, I, I put this in the article that we had on our website today. If you want to go look at the chart, it's from the uh, irs.gov. 
So if you guys want to take a look at that, you can at goodmorningliberty.us. So the top 1%, their average gross income or their, their, uh, yeah, their gross income is 1.6 trillion. That's, that's, that's what they bring in. That's, that's the whole thing. And so if the assertion is that all we need to do is raise the taxes on the 1% and we'll be able to pay for all of this stuff. I mean, just Medicare for all was what? 3.2 trillion a year, something like that. And then we have free student, you know, we got to cancel the student debt. Well, that's 1.6 trillion. And then we got to pay yearly for people to go to college. That's about three or 400 billion, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to, you know, we'll pay our social security and then we'll also, we'll have a military. I'm sure he'll have a smaller military and all that. But at the end of the day, Bernie's budget needs to be around $10 trillion a year. That's what he needs to be spending out of his, out of his government budget. And the total amount of money that the 1% earn is $1.6 trillion, meaning that if your idea is that you can raise taxes on them, okay, raise it up to 100%. Take all of their money. Every, don't let them keep any of their money. Take all of it. You get $1.6 trillion. That's enough to run the government on the current budget for about three and a half months. Not on Bernie's budget. That's so disgusting. On, on Bernie's budget, it's enough to run it for like a month. Something like that. Yet he's putting this idea in people's heads that we just need to raise the taxes on the 1%. That's what we need to do. That'll that'll take care of it. When when in all actuality, everyone's taxes are going to have to go up to even try one of these plans. Yeah, the total uh, GDP is, uh, the total uh, product is $17 all of it. All of the money made in the whole country, corporations and everything, right. is seventeen trillion. His budget alone is going to be about ten trillion, and I mean, it's just you're talking about a ridiculous amount of taxation that's not only going to be for the one percent; it's going to have to be for everyone. Corporations have to pay seventy percent, something like that. Of course, you got to remember all those people in the bottom fifty percent. Who do they work for? Well, they work for the corporations, and the corporations need to be able to make enough money to stay in business. So they pay their 70% tax rate. They're going to have to raise all their prices or they're going to have to cut employees. Well, the only way to make this fair, Nate, yeah. is since our GDP is $17 trillion, we the government operates on $10 trillion a year. Yeah. And everyone mm-hmm. else just splits that $7 trillion among 330 million people. We'll just split it. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. And then every, everything's equal and fair. <laughs> what would that come out to, you think? <laughs> I don't even know. Three. I have a hard time once it starts getting up to trillions, getting those numbers in my head, you know? Yeah, that's that's like uh, seven. Is it seven hundred seventy thousand divided by three hundred thirty? Um, well, let me just tell you real quick. Yeah, go ahead and use your. Uh, you know, you're never gonna have a calculator the rest. You know, the rest of your life, you gotta be able to do this math in your head and on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I should know how to do. I told you once it gets up to trillions, yeah. I start having a whole. Uh, start having a tough time. Well, you gotta go to the moon and back thirty three times. Well, <laughs> just to get the one trillion in well, inches, everyone would be able to split about twenty thousand dollars total. Okay, yep. so that's everybody makes twenty grand a year. <laughs> Put you right at poverty. That's, <laughs> that's, that's American poverty. Be. So everybody makes twenty grand a year. <clears throat> everyone, I'm yep. talking everyone. Yep, makes twenty grand a year. You can't have any more kids. We got to limit how many kids you get. <clears throat> so families can only have two kids because everyone's <clears throat> going to be making the same, and the government gets. 
you know, the 10 trillion, they can provide everything for us and then everything's fair. And of course the assumption, we all drive the same cars. The assumption in that is that that 17 trillion stays the same and it doesn't go down once you start taking all of it in taxation. Well, I mean, we're just going to free everybody up that actually our GDP is going to probably grow by 20% every year. (laughs) 20% year over year. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's how you get all that money. Yeah. We should just model some countries in the past that, that have done this so that everything will work fine. It's yeah. so ridiculous. I got to go. Oh, man. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Guys, go follow us on Instagram. We're on there all the time posting great, just dank memes all, all day. Look us up on Instagram. That's at Good Morning Liberty. Follow us on Twitter. That's at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty, and go to our website, goodmorningliberty.us. If you guys want to read some great articles on politics and economics, just like this one today on Bernie Sanders and the many lies of Bernie Sanders, if you forgot the web address, you can just go to bernielies.com, and that's going to take you directly to all of these articles that we have debunking the great trickster that is Bernie Sanders. So guys, if you do all those things, leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate that. Five stars. If you like us, don't leave us one. If you don't guys, if you do all those things, we'll be right back here tomorrow until then have a good day and a good morning Liberty.